0: entertainment, the podcast dedicated to public domain media. I'm Lydia, the Squirrel Whisperer, and joining me today are the fearless Christopher, acrobat extraordinaire, and the harpist from the Zimbabwe Philharmonic Symphony, Barry. Welcome, guys.
1: (laughs) Hey, (laughs) Hey, thank you very much.
0: I usually get get great introductions from Christopher, so just returning. Oh, you
1: did fantastic. (laughs) The Squirrel Whisperer. Very Very nice.
0: nice. (laughs) Honestly, that is my dream job. I see squirrels and prairie dogs everywhere where I live, and I wish I could, you know, speak their language. I love them.
2: Is that a real occupation, squirrel whisperer? It sounds like it'd be legit somewhere.
0: Well, they have a dog whisperer and a horse whisperer. Why not a squirrel whisperer? Why not? And Why not indeed? We were getting yelled at out in the front yard one day by a squirrel, and I was making the same noises right back at him. So I'm convinced that, you know, I can actually communicate with
2: him.
1: You may you may have a gift.
0: Yeah, I'm not as gifted as Rupert. But before we start no. talking about him, let's take a short break and, uh, and hear from one of our... Uh, our snazzy betters, maybe.
2: <laughs> we'll be right back. C3PO. Loki. Mace Windu.
3: Dr. Bruce Banner.
2: Captain Rex. Venom. Princess Leia.
3: Jean Grey. Darth Maul. Nick Fury Grand Moff Tarkin Captain America
2: Lando Calrissian Cyclops What do all these characters have in common? Well, two of them were played by Samuel L. Jackson.
3: A couple of them were played by Hammer Films veterans Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee.
2: Come on, guys. You know this. Well, of course we do, Jessica. Just like Mickey Mouse and Captain Jack Sparrow, they're all now Disney characters. Hello, I'm Tracy of the Disney Indiana Podcast... And my co-host Scott and I enjoy talking about all aspects of the House of Mouse. And that includes their newest properties, Marvel and LucasArts. We also talk about
3: Disney resorts, the cruise line, theme parks, and whatever else Mickey has to offer.
2: Which includes movies, Imagineering, video games, and collectibles. You'll never know what we'll decide to talk about.
3: So check us out at www.disneyindiana.com or do a search for the Disney Indiana Podcast on iTunes. Because now we've got a lot more to talk about.
2: And don't forget about those other quote-unquote Disney characters like, well, Sully.
3: Fozzie Bear.
2: Buzz Lightyear.
3: Link Hogthrob. Doug. Janice.
2: Merida. Pepe. Bruce.
3: Ralph the Dog.
2: Wally. The Disney Indiana Podcast. Even after five years, we're still miles away from the nearest Main Street, USA. We're not listed on the map, but you can join us at www.disneyindiana.com.
1: All right, well, welcome back, everyone. We're going to discuss The Great Rupert from, I believe it was 1950. This was produced by George Powell and directed by Irving, and I don't know how to say his name, Pitchell?
2: I would say Sure, is it that simple? sure. Yeah. why not?
1: Irving Pitchell and stars Jimmy Durante. Jimmy, oh, I, I put a little too much inflection on his name there. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Durante. Nice and simple. Yep. Uh, a little bit about George Powell. He was a man, Hungarian-born, and worked as a commercial filmmaker in Europe. In uh, the late 30s, December of 1939, actually, he immigrated to the United States and began work for Paramount Pictures. And it was his friend, animator Walter Lance, that helped him obtain American citizenship. So I thought that was kind of cool. He had a, Walter Lance, of course, famous for like, the Woody Woodpecker cartoons, mm-hmm. among other things. As an animator, he made the Puppetoons series in the 1940s and that led him to being awarded an honorary Oscar in 1943 for the development of novel methods and techniques in the production of short subjects known as puppet tunes. Puppet tunes were a series of animated puppet films, and they're notable for their use of replacement animation, which uh, uses a series of different hand-carved wooden puppets or the puppet heads or limbs for each frame in which the puppet moves or changes expression, rather than moving a single puppet, as in the case with most stop-motion puppet animation. Uh, George Powell switched to live-action filmmaking with The Great Rupert, our subject this month, in 1950. Now, George Powell may be known for some of his Oscar-winning films, of which he produced and or directed, including Destination Moon, When Worlds Collide, and War of the Worlds. Uh, Oh, one of my favorites, The Time Machine, and very interesting, Seven Faces of Dr. Lowe. Yep. Now, we should talk about uh, our human star of the film, Jimmy Durante. Who was an American singer, uh, pianist, comedian, and actor? He actually—I thought it was interesting—he dropped out of school in eighth grade to be a full to become a full-time ragtime piano player. Uh, that's one of those stories that you know you—I don't think someone could do that today and be successful. <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> you, not. You're, you're not going to hear those those kind of stories twenty years from now. Uh, By the mid-1920s, he had become a vaudeville star and a radio personality in a trio called Clayton, Jackson, and Durante. Uh, Lou Clayton, Eddie Jackson, often reunited with Mr. Durante in the years to come. He had a major record hit in 1934 with his Inky Dinkadoo, and that kind of became his theme song for the rest of his life. He started appearing in motion pictures, uh, initially in a series of pairings with uh, Buster Keaton. Yeah. He became a regular figure in movies, radio, and television. He uh, created such catchphrases as, That's my boy that said that. (laughs) Everybody wants to get into the act and not (laughs) cha-cha-cha-cha. And, of course, I got a million of them. (laughs) That's my best Jimmy Durrini. Very well done, sir. Very well done. (laughs) And he may be very recognizable as the narrator for the Rankin Bass animated Christmas special, Frosty the Snowman. That yep, uh, sure. was in from 1969. They're
0: still playing that. I actually saw an ad for that. Um, I, I think a week ago, and that was going to be playing. We're in the Christmas season, and they were playing it again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So he's very familiar, and his voice. You, if you know the end, you know. If you know that show, you know his voice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Wasn't that film his
1: swan song? It may have been, you know, I don't have his, um, the date of his death, what year, or his last thing. That very well could have been. Yeah. Because that was towards the end, of I'm sure that was towards the end of his life.
2: Yeah, I mean, I believe he did that right back to back with It's a Mad, 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 Mad World.
1: Oh, correct, right. It's under the big W. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, the last thing I wanted to mention was the director here, Irving Pitchell. He was an actor and director. Uh, some of the notable screen roles were the servant Sandor in Dracula's Daughter. And he did the uh, narration in How Green Was My Valley. Wow. And he was, he was also the voice of Jesus in the film The Great Commandment, uh, which wow. he also directed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of interesting. If you'll love uh-huh. me, feed my sheep. I don't really know how it works. <laughs> I'm not, I don't have as good of a Durante voice as you do. I did look real quick, and Frosty the Snowman was his second to last. There was a wow. movie okay. called Howdy to King as well. All
1: right. Well, Jimmy Durante didn't voice Jesus, although that would have been really interesting. (laughs) Oh,
0: I misunderstood. (laughs) I thought you were saying he did voice
1: Jesus. No, I've moved on to the director.
0: (laughs) I missed something there. That's what I get.
1: That's what you get for not paying attention. That's
0: what I get for stopping to take a drink of
1: tea. He uh, also directed several films, including The Miracle of the Bells, Mr. Peabody and the Mermaid, and Destination Moon, which, of course, George Powell uh, produced and won Academy Awards for. I did not know he
0: did Mr.
1: Peabody and the the Mermaid. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, in 1947, this is really why I wanted to bring him up, because I thought this was interesting. Irving Pitchell was one of the 19 members of the Hollywood community who were subpoenaed by the House of Un-American Activities Committee and was subsequently blacklisted. Oh, man. Uh, he actually he got around the blacklist by leaving the United States to continue work over in Europe. I thought that was interesting. It's just a very interesting time in uh, Hollywood history with the whole McCarthyism and the you know the Red Scare, and it's very interesting that you know here we're going to talk about a film that he directed by one of these people that would subsequently be a victim of this time. Uh, Pitchell returned to the U.S. in 1954 to direct *Day of Triumph*, a B film about the life of Christ. Uh, he died, unfortunately, shortly after the film was finished and didn't live to see to live to see the premiere. So that's unfortunate. But anyway, I, I just wanted to bring him up just because of that, uh, just because he was involved in that that little brief history of time. That very interesting, and is I think kind of starting to get forgotten, unfortunately.
0: Mm. Well, yeah. it's interesting. I- I just I'm looking a little bit at some of these notes, and uh, it, it looks like he was subpoenaed in 1947. This film was released in 1950, and then he passed away in 1954. So I, this is all happening in the midst of kind of his his drama, his personal drama.
1: Yeah, you're right. Good point. I didn't even uh I did wow. Well, there you go for not for not me looking at the years of
0: doing the math. <laughs> okay. That just jumped out at me. That's all. <laughs> but that that is interesting. That's a that's a good point. That's something we might uh. Oh. I live to see a repetitionist.
2: We are currently experiencing
1: technical difficulties, please stand by. Okay, everyone. I'm afraid we have lost Barry due to technical issues. You have, you guys. I've actually have no idea the trouble that we have gone to to record this episode. It's been a Warf long track. Yeah. <laughs> it has. Unfortunately, Barry, uh, you know, he was he was with us for a while in the beginning. You heard his voice. Uh, he will not be with us during the synopsis of the film, and uh, that that is unfortunate. Maybe I'll have to get his uh, what he his ratings. Yeah. For us, even if he can't, maybe he'll uh, give us a few comments after the episode is
0: posted. We'll have to ask him for just a blurb or something like that. But luckily, we do have his permission to proceed. So after a week of trying to get this put together, (laughs) we'll go ahead and keep going.
1: Yes, enough (laughs) with the dress rehearsals. Yes, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. All right. Well, getting into the great Rupert. Uh right away we are introduced to Rupert, the world the quote unquote world's greatest entertainer and his manager Joe Mahoney
0: played by Jimmy Conlon.
1: Yes sir, yes ma'am. Excuse me. Was,
0: it is I, I, a I, common I, mistake. <laughs> still
1: thought we had Barry on the line. Sorry, what? <laughs> Uh, we get a little taste of Rupert's act, which includes dancing and jumping rope. Uh, an amazing, amazingly nice little piece there for this little, anim- or I should, uh, not animatronic, but uh, stop-motion squirrel.
0: It, it reminds me so much. I mean, obviously this is, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but I think that we talked about this being the precursor to... A lot of the what we think of as claymation stuff. So you know Rudolph Redner's rain, road red, blah, "You Know What I Mean," the River, River, and you know all those all those '70s and '80s Christmassy things. That this is kind of appropriate because it's sort of the precursor to those, I think.
1: Yeah, true enough. Well, during the song and dance that they're doing, the, the duo are interrupted by a Broadway talent agent named Phil Davis who had come by to see Mr. Mahoney. Uh, Mahoney uh, apparently told him that he's got a new act. He wants him to see if he could get some bookings. And, of course, uh, Phil's hoping for, you know, lions or tigers <laughs> or something exotic and, and wild. And he's not too impressed with uh, poor little Rupert.
4: <laughs> Joe, look,
1: a lion is a big,
4: savage beast. He's vicious, ruthless, a bloodthirsty killer from the faraway jungles of darkest Africa. So he's box office. But a little pipsqueak thing like a squirrel that anybody can see any place in any park, any time, is just a... Besides, he's so small, I'd never see him from the balcony. But, Phil, I tell you, Rupert is almost human.
5: Come on, honey, we're late.
4: But just a minute. Look, Joe, I'd love to give you a break. I know things have been tough, but, well, he just ain't. Box office.
1: Oh, poor Rupert. Well, Joe could have used the job. Uh, he ends up getting evicted from this uh, garage that he has rented from a Mr. Dingle. <laughs> and uh, he, he leaves and takes Rupert. To the park to go live among the rest of the squirrels so he can, I guess, go off and try to find a new place to live and find a, f- find work somewhere.
0: Find it's a kind of a... Squirrel work. A, <laughs> Building nests may, or something.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, for, so Joe could go off and find oh,
0: work. Oh, I was like, I was thinking, where's Rupert going to find work in the park? <laughs>
1: Uh, squirrel uh, Rupert will find anything because he, he'll he'll work for peanuts.
0: Oh God! <laughs> that, uh, yeah, we watched yeah.
1: that one. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> well, it's kind of a sad scene when we see Joe. You know, he sets Rupert down. He takes him out of his uh, his cute little costume and everything, and uh, Rupert doesn't exactly want to run off and play with the little squirrels. Poor Joe has to get get a little cross with him to get him to go and and run off. That was kind of a sad moment.
0: And he's, he ends up yelling at him, beat it, I tell you. And I was, I was like, oh, Aw. oh, poor
2: Rupert. Yeah.
0: I, you know, <laughs> we, it was, you know, we hated those old yeller moments where they're like, you know, they really want to be together. They're destined to be together, but you have to have that.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: Oh, Very sad. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, at this park, we meet the stars of the film, the Amendolas. We've got uh, Papa. I'm just going to – he's the only they, one that actually
0: – He them?
1: and his daughter are the only ones that have names. We never find out who's – what Mama's first name you know, is. I
0: didn't even catch his name, but I did get Papa and Mama and Rosalinda.
1: Rosalinda. I think he is actually credited as Louis. He, he may actually introduce himself once as Louis Amendola. But uh, for, for the, most of the film, if not all the film, they just call each other Papa and Mama. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to call them because that's what I've got in my notes.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: so we got Papa, Mama, and Rosalinda. Uh, Rosalinda is the one with the two small shoes.
0: <laughs> that's as in 2-T-O-O, not T-W-O.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: There are two of them, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- there, is, there is some cute banter in this. It's worth pointing out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as as – Mahoney runs into the Amandolas in the park here. you know, they start kind of, you know, talking back and forth and yammering a little bit. That's the word of the night is yammering.
5: Amandola! The Amandola trio.
0: Joe! Joe
5: Mahoney! Joe, darling! Now, now don't tell me this is a little Rosie. Yeah, she's certainly growing fast. A little too fast. Why it seems like only yesterday I bought her them shoes. Yes. And already she's complaining they're too small. And with you, Amandola, how's the act been going? Hush? Great, sensational. Why, if I made any more money, I'd have to buy myself a wallet. <laughs> and you know something, Joe? No. We have played the circuit so many times, just for a change. We booked the European tour. Europe? London, Paris, Budapest. And in India, we gave a performance the audience will never forget. Why? Because they were elephants. Oh, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> Please, a little respect for that joke. It's older than you.
1: Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's obvious that the uh, the family and Joe know each other from the road at some place. Uh, And I guess I don't know if I said it before. Papa is, of course, played by uh, Jimmy Durante, who is you know the star of the film, and you know he he definitely takes the comedic role to heart here, Mm -hmm. and he does have some cute lines and some fun discussion between him and Mama where they're talking uh, about Christmas. It's the worst they've ever had it, and and. He makes, I think Rosalinda says something and he makes some points like, oh, we might still get a, you know, something from Santa. We just need an address. We just needed an address,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I do like it too where they're talking and they're like, you know, well, how much is the rent? And he says, well, do you have $32? And he says, well, and he says, if you've got $32, you can move right in. And, you know, and he asks, well, h- how long were you there before they evicted you? And he's like, six months. And they go, six months with no rent? Where is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you- that's actually it's a weird kind of moment because oh here's this friend and oh we're both down on your luck and oh wait you're evicted wait where were you living i'm like <laughs> wow that's kind of cold
0: <laughs> I, yeah but you definitely get the, the idea these are both people these are also people who are down on their luck you know and come to find out later they're they're acrobats they were uh the amandola pyramid <laughs> human pyramid that's what it was <laughs> yeah
1: the almondello Trio with who did the human period, or Amendola human period. Pyramid. P- pyramid Trio. <laughs> yeah, it was something uh, pretty crazy. With this
0: in this, and Rosalinda dressed up as an angel and played the harp. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, while the Almondellas go off and kind of uh, weasel their way into some free rent, poor old Rupert doesn't make out so well in the park. He doesn't, apparently he's been a... Uh, a pampered squirrel for too long. He can't quite uh, cope. Can't get to the walnut. Yeah, the other so squirrels are mean.
0: Nuts. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets chased by a dog. And then he, he tries to hide in a, in a hole. And an owl lives in the hole in the tree. And
2: yeah. yeah, it's pretty
0: rough for him. So he ends up running back to the to the well, the house. I I thought of it as the house, but uh, the garage, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it's, it is actually a garage of the house that they are renting out, which is, I, I guess it works.
0: <laughs> hey, it's the roof over our heads, except for the hole in the skylight.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, as I said, the Amandolas sort of uh, swindled themselves into some free lodging uh, from uh, Mr. Dingle's young son, uh, who I forgot his name. Oh, wrong. gosh, Pete. Pete, thank you.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> Who's taken with Rosalinda.
1: Yeah, with a, yeah, I think a little bit of thanks goes to his attraction to the pretty Rosalinda, <laughs> and she is very attractive. She's a very pretty young lady.
0: I didn't. I, I, I'll take your word for it. I will mention that Pete is a pretty attractive young man.
1: There you go. See, they're perfect for each other.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, two attractive people, and what do the rest of us do? I don't know. I don't know. Aww. <laughs>
1: well I should mention I didn't mention her in the uh, in the introduction but Rosalinda is played by an actress uh Terry Moore who was <laughs> this was kind of funny she was a a model before she made her film debut at age 11.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well so, considering the CK girl is notoriously 13 you know typically that's not too shocking but she did go on to be pretty well known um it, it seems like she's a lot of stuff and she's if I'm not mistaken she's still around and still doing some parts here and there.
1: Yeah, she is. She is still acting. She's up well in her 80s and I think she still does like acting classes. I think she actually goes to acting classes. I'm not sure if she teaches or attends, but yeah, she still has roles coming up even this year. Mm-hmm. Uh she she did get an academy award nomination back in 52. And uh, she actually claimed that she was the secret wife of uh, Howard Hughes.
0: Well, I was the secret wife. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, I, that would be interesting to know if that were true or not.
1: Yeah, well, no one will ever know. Apparently, the despite the fact that she actually married a couple people while she, quote-unquote, was secretly married to Mr. Hughes... Uh, the Hughes estate actually apparently paid her some sort of settlement in the end to just go. Okay, that's fine. Just go oh, away. So yeah,
0: the question, but uh, but definitely. I mean, she's still around, so that's definitely worth noting.
1: Yeah, very much. But it's someone to look up. She has a uh, an interesting history mm-hmm. about her there. Right now, we get a little more acquainted with the Dingle family. We uh, we find out <laughs> Mr. Dingle doesn't care much for uh, Pete's more generous nature. <laughs>
0: He's he's Uh, a tightwad. I would I would. He's
1: very much a tightwad. Yes. Did you clean the place? Clean it. I rented it. Good. You can work if
4: you make up your mind. Who'd you rent it to? Uh, their name is Amandola. There. Uh huh. How many are there? Oh, just three. They're awfully nice people. Well, that's good for a change. I'll take the money. Uh, uh, there's a mother and a father, and a daughter. Okay. Give me the thirty-two dollars. And, you know, they didn't even ask for any redecorations or repairing anything. You know, that saves us a lot of money, Pa. Pete, don't tell me you let them stay without paying. Oh, you're going to get it. (laughs) They're awfully nice people. A mother and a father and a daughter. Yeah, you said that before. Look, son, I want that $32 right now. And if you don't get it, I'll go over and get it myself. And if I don't get it, out they go. But, Pa, I gave my word of honor we'd wait a couple of days. You don't want to break your own son's word, do you? Oh, there he goes again. Honor, charity, love thy neighbor, everything but money. Tell me, son, what did money ever do to you that you hated so much?
1: Well, while he's talking to Pete, Mr. Dingle gets a, a letter in the post, and he discovers that his an investment that he, I don't know when he exactly invested in it, I think that say it say was some sort of mine or...
0: A gold mine,
1: yeah. A go- was it a gold mine? Yeah,
0: actually see. started... Yeah.
1: Paying off, and he's going to start getting checks for fifteen hundred dollars every week
0: thats and you know this is nineteen fifty that's kind of good money I'd I'd be
1: happy with that now the, honestly no
0: fifteen hundred a week is an in- amount of money. I think yeah. I make that once a month, maybe. Okay, maybe a little more than that. But maybe a I think more. I gross that every paycheck. But still, yeah, it wouldn't
1: be something I I wouldn't be able to quit my job. But boy, would it make oh, things.
0: You just become a minimalist, you can quit your job on fifteen hundred. Yeah, well, maybe. on fifteen hundred a week, I could definitely quit my job.
2: Oh, that's true. That's it's a, a week. Load of yeah. Money.
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, and back then that literally was about ten times what we're talking now. Ten or more.
2: So Mm
1: -hmm. you're talking a lot
0: of money. That's like $15,000 a week now.
1: Pete and Rosalinda go for a walk after uh, Pete sets her up with a pair of his shoes. He tries to find a new pair of shoes for her. She's only got the one pair. They don't fit anymore. (laughs) She's uh, dreaming he tried, of a like,
0: size four. Is yeah. that what she says? I'm dreaming. Yeah, of
1: she's four. a si- size four, and <laughs> he goes, hey, "Hey, mom, what size shoe are you?" She's like, "Oh, I'm a, I'm a seven, But don't you go
0: buy she, me a pair. She, I've already got she's two. A six. Now I'm a seven a and six? a half, okay. and I have little feet for my height. So <laughs> I would like to know how tiny these women are, or if just the sizes have changed in the past.
1: Maybe that's the case, yeah. But I, I did like the fact that don't you go buy me new shoes? I've already I've got already two pairs. Two
0: pairs. I love that too. I thought, wow, you know. And and
1: well, that's all. I, that's all she needs, and that's probably all her husband would be willing to buy. She needs
0: a Sunday <laughs> pair and a weekday pair,
1: exactly. That, I mean,
0: how time has changed. <laughs> I wish I could get by with two pairs of shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Pete sets her up with a pair of his shoes, and so she's kind of clopping around in the street. It was a cute scene and we get to hear all about the Amandalo's act and why the act broke up quite literally
0: <laughs> they call us the
5: Amandola trio the human pyramid papa balanced mama on his shoulders and then i stood on top of mama's all done up like a little angel
4: sounds exciting
5: then papa juggled mama sang and i played the harp used to go over big only i started growing mama got heavier and
0: one day papa's legs gave out
4: you mean he dropped
0: you <laughs> four times in one week? The fourth time, Mama broke her leg. You gotta hand it to Papa though; he never broke a plate. He's a great juggler.
1: Rosalinda and Pete are really are a really cute couple right through here. I, I think in general they are, but right through this conversation, I, I just really found them kind of endearing uh, when they're talking. And it's a, it's one of these; it's almost a um, you could almost spin this into a. Romeo and Juliet sort of thing, because she's of this lifestyle where, you know, they're, they're always scraping, trying to find money, never had money, always want money. Pete has lived in a life where he looks like he's probably, I don't know what his dad does, obviously he does some investments. He does maybe some more real estate beyond just his garage. <laughs> but it, if you definitely get the impression that Pete has grown up not wanting for much.
0: Well, and he says, I've never needed a job. Why would I get one? yeah
1: and he doesn't have any of his own money his dad his parents provide everything that he needs he and Rosalind asks like well you know what what would happen if you're going for a walk with a, a girl and she wanted a malted milk he
0: says um, that would be awfully embarrassing and they they're standing right by the milkway uh, <laughs> yeah and he,
1: and he, <laughs> he, he, he kind of and he and he glances over like
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah! You can't be subtle, ladies. You can't be subtle with guys. They just don't pick up on it often. <laughs> no.
1: but they uh, I I just found them really cute mm-hmm. in that moment while they're talking. Well, and
0: she's sweet right away. She says, "Oh, I'm sorry, that was awkward. I shouldn't have said that." You know, and and they just move on. But but you right. you never get that like oh yeah feeling of you know oh yeah maybe we don't want to hang out anymore. They're still you know they just they just move on past it. They are super cute. I agree. Super yeah, it's cute.
1: It's an official title. <laughs> <laughs> I think during this conversation too, we find out that Phil writes music. We did. It's kind yeah. of it's kind of shoehorned in right towards a, a at, at end of at the end of another scene or something. We find out that he uh, he likes to write music. That's kind of like his his thing that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's after we find out that Mr. Dingle you know cashes his first check and he has <laughs> no interest at all at leaving it in the bank. Mm-hmm. Because after what they did to him in '29, he doesn't trust them yeah, anymore. they
0: lost all their money, which is, you know, when the big crash happened, I believe, mm-hmm. right around that time. You know, so you, you get yep, the impression that is the big
1: crash. Yeah.
0: yeah, you get the impression that you know the Dingles were a pretty big name, and then '29 rolled around and they lost everything. You know, and so he's built back up from there. But definitely, this is this is a guy who trusts his mattress more than the bank.
1: Exactly. Well, he doesn't even trust his mattress in this case because he actually sends his <laughs> not, wife out. Why? Don't you, uh, go shopping or something. <laughs> yeah. He actually sends her out of the house so he she so she doesn't know where he's going to hide this cash because you're too soft hearted and she's he's worried he's going she'll end up giving <laughs> most of it to Pete. See now, and I'm
0: going to have to teach my fiance to do this because. He tells me where the money is, so he'll never see it again. But we're back for the other way around. So I'll send him out when I'm ready to invest. But yeah, and so what does he do? He pulls off part of the, the floorboard, the as we call it now, the baseboard.
1: The baseboard, yes, ma'am. And deposits his money there behind the wall. Well, this happens to be Rupert's nest. Uh, and uh, Rupert doesn't take kindly to all this paper in his, he's in his nest. He's got all the
0: nuts he can handle. He can't handle any more paper. He, he's, exactly. He's got all those. All
1: those nuts, all piled up there. And so Rupert decides to clean up a little bit, so he tosses it all out on the floor, (laughs) and it happens to be just as Mrs. Amendola is down there. How long? How long is it going to be?
5: Moving from one place to another, always moving, never having a place to call our home. Believe me, Lord, we've tried so hard. But it's so difficult to find a job for a human pyramid. You're our only hope, so it's up to you. Please, Tomorrow's Christmas. We haven't even got a tree. No money to buy some little gifts. Not even a pair of shoes for Rosalinda. She must have shoes, Lord. She needs them real bad.
0: earlier we don't even have a Christmas tree and then there she is sweet little Mrs. Amendola sitting in her rocking chair and she starts praying and she just says please just you know let's let, let we're just scraping by it's just you know we never have any money but but Rosalind needs new shoes please and as- Lord Rosalind needs new shoes
1: and, and $100 bills come floating down From <laughs> magically apparently, to the floor.
0: In the light of the, the hole in the skylight. I love it. <laughs> it does. It's this magical moment. And she gets so excited. I love this part. And I I have to say, Mrs. Amandola is my favorite character in this because she is. So sweet and so Oh, absolutely for her family. so sweet. No, it's a, fan, it, <laughs> it's a it.
1: great seat uh, And it's beautiful. Yeah, the light is flowing down through the <laughs> skylight. There's the music. They have that angelic music playing yes. in the
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. So, and it's funny because as this story kind of goes on, you know, you start to wonder, well, does Rupert really know what he's doing by throwing all that money out to them?
1: I don't. I, I don't think so. I think Rupert is just a squirrel being a squirrel.
0: <laughs> well it, it actually it,
1: honestly uh, if it was a squirrel bearing a squirrel he probably would have just torn the money up and made a nest but it made a nest
0: out <laughs> of it he probably would have pooed on it sorry yep. squirrels but the truth is true <laughs>
1: <laughs> so here we have it we got money from heaven so uh mama uh stashes some of it in an old hat box i think or something and then, it's uh, her and then runs out yeah. is there's also oh, a sewing basket it's a sewing okay.
0: basket it's her her knitting basket is what it is it's her mending basket gotcha (laughs) sorry I know too much about this but yes she runs out of the room and then we switch to Mr. Amendola bartering for a Christmas tree I like this theme too I love it
2: oh it's good yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, how
1: much for this one 40 cents cents. all he he has is 40 cents to spend on this tree
0: and then uh, what does he do he ends up bidding a dollar and everybody else walks away and he says I'll give you 40 cents now and the rest later
1: yeah, I'll give you. A, I'll, I'll give you the balance next week. And yeah, the guy's like, "Oh, yeah, go up to the 18th floor. That's our
0: <laughs> our financing department. De- our credit yeah." Department. And then uh, he says, "Oh, never mind." He starts to walk away. And the guy's like, "Never mind. I'll give it to you for forty cents." And he says, and it cracks me up because at this moment, uh, Mister Armadola says, "I'll bring you the rest next week." And I almost feel like he could have gotten away without saying that. But I do like the response. He says, well, if you don't bring it back in a week, then I'll come back and take the tree back. Well, Christmas is like a couple days away, I think. Right. (laughs) You know, so it's an empty threat, but still. I
1: I I think it's a great scene because what it it is 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 it's this guy – being nice, he's like, all right. He he obviously he realizes this guy's down on his luck. He's only got the forty cents, yeah. so he's gonna. All right, fine. You can have the tree for forty cents. He's not <laughs> expecting this. The other sixty cents back. He doesn't yeah. want it. But yeah,
0: it's better than nothing, right? Forty cents.
1: Exactly. But at the same time, Papa's like, duh. You know, he's he's a good, honest man. He said a dollar. He has every intention <laughs> of coming back and giving this guy his dollar. As long as the, as the ship comes in,
0: exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: We also see Pete walking with uh, Rosie. There's another uh, scene with them, and that's where he tells her that he... he does some composing, and he's going to compose a song for him with his tuba and her and her harp, and he's going to call it Melody of Two Orphaned Instruments.
0: And I love that because who are we for orphaned entertainment? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be our theme song from now on. Two Orphaned Instruments is going to be the theme song for orphaned entertainment. I didn't remember oh, that Oh, that's a great I idea. Know, it is. We should see. <laughs> I've got and to try to find out. This oh, is out I out wish. Copyright. Maybe we could actually get <laughs> that. Could. But it would be great. To, you know, it's a great idea. If we can't, we can't. But yes, I love <laughs> the name for it Two Orphaned Instruments. I wrote that down too. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's beautiful.
0: <laughs>
1: well, Papa comes home with his 40 cent tree, which is a Charlie Brown Christmas tree if you ever saw one, but It
0: by the is. <laughs>
1: And uh, he finds the garage decked out to the nines with a giant Christmas tree, presents, food. I
0: love it. the tree goes straight up to the hole in the skylight. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: and there's a scene he doesn't understand. He actually starts to walk out like he's, in, yeah, he's I'm like, in the oh, wrong place.
0: <laughs> exactly. I love that. And they say, "Wait, Papa, come back, come back." It's <laughs> <fun>.
1: <laughs> but I don't
5: understand a tree.
0: And look at it, Papa, a turkey,
5: and cranberry sauce, and plum pudding, and candy, and nuts, and look, brand new shoes. But how? I don't understand. You couldn't have won it on a quiz program. We haven't got any phone. No, Papa, I didn't win anything. Mama, your wedding ring, you didn't hock your... No, I didn't hock anything. All I did... I know. You wired that drummer in Boston who had a crush on you. That chic with the patent leather shoes and tuxedo. I remember what he said when we announced our engagement. If ever you needed anything. Papa, that was 22 years ago. I don't care if it was 100 years ago. I never trusted a guy with a tuxedo, especially
1: a rented one.
0: Oh, let Mama explain,
1: Papa. <laughs> but again, you were talking about how Mama is your favorite. This is where she is just so sweet. He's like, look. You 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 believe me when I tell you things, right? I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, I promise it's true. It's so cute, uh, you know. This is not a young couple, but you can tell they really love each other. It's
1: absolutely. Cute. And <laughs> she tells them what happened. She tells her that she was saying this little prayer, and then this money from heaven through the skylight came. She's like, "You believe me, don't you?" <laughs> well, you said it. So I got to believe ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you. You did such a great impression of Jimmy Durant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a man out of time. What, you what good, are. What good is a Jimmy Durant impression going to do me today? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you might be surprised. You could sing uh, Frosty the Snowman. You might make a little coin off that.
1: Oh, there you go. Just, or it, I'd end up... That's probably still copyrighted, so i <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, Maybe not. You might make a little bit of a sewage. Yeah, exactly. Some- <laughs> Someone
1: else might make some coin off me. Not
0: sewage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hope against the sewage for you.
1: Yeah, please do.
0: <laughs> yeah, but <clears throat> moving on. <laughs> but yeah, he. you know, he... He has to believe her because she says it, so it's got to be true. He didn't address for Santa to find us.
1: Well, we jump to Christmas morning, and the Amandolas pay a little visit to the Dingles. <laughs> Mr. Dingle inquires as to the, the type of work.
0: they are just crazy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The Dingles and the Amendolas. I, where did they come up with these names? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. Dingle inquires as to the type of work that Amendola does, and what? Don't you recognize the names? Someday you'll be able to say the has lived here. And I love Mr. Dingle's next line. If I don't get my rent, I'll be able to say that tomorrow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I'm glad you brought that up. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I like it, too. But you know what? They, they got the money, and so they pay the rent. He doesn't even just pay the rent. He pays three months in advance. Exactly. You do see that even though these people are hard on their luck, they're not I I used the word shite earlier. That's not the right word for it because they're just down on their luck. They're not bad people. They're just broke at the moment. No, and
1: as you find out later, they're actually uh, certainly uh Papa is extremely generous they're with the money that he has.
0: Generous. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Mama ends up sending back her part to all the people they owed money to back in I think Chicago, she says. But right. yeah, they're they're really genuinely good people.
2: Mhm.
1: Well, why they're at the Dingles, Dingles, of course, has luck. Fortunately, has a piano. So Jimmy Durandy does what he get, <laughs> what he does best, and does a little show, com- show complete with jokes and gags, which is a great <laughs> little scene. It
5: is. Now, isn't it a shame that Christmas comes but once a year? Wouldn't it be nice if it came around twice, spreading hope and good cheer? When everyone forgets goodwill to men That's the time for jingle bells to chime again Now isn't it a shame that Christmas comes But once a year Now isn't it a shame that Christmas comes But once a year Wouldn't it be nice if it came
4: around twice
5: Spreading hope and good cheer the dingle this is going to develop into a long and beautiful friendship even closer than damon and petelius now isn't it a shame that christmas comes oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: pete and rosalinda play pete's melody for two orphaned instruments so we do get to hear a little bit of it and i was so bummed they start playing it and then Papa and Mr. Dingle walk off and talk over it. I'm like, oh, I want to hear the song.
0: <laughs> but they do this funny little bit where they, uh, where Papa's going to show Mr. Dingle an acrobatic trick. And what does he say? He says, I need something like a seesaw. And so they decide to get a leaf out of the table. And he is going to stand on one end. Mr. Dingle is going to jump down onto the other end. And while Papa balances the glass of water on his head, he's going to do a full backflip and land on his on the other end of the board without spilling a drop. <laughs> that, and of course, obviously, we're all going, this just, how are they going to do
1: this? Yeah, well, it goes about as well as you might expect.
0: <laughs> it definitely as well as physics would allow, which is not at all.
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: It is a, it's a cute moment, though. You kind of get this, you get this idea that Mr. Dingle might just a little bit regret his... Uh, conservative lifestyle, his very conservative ways. Yeah, you he know, still,
1: well, he does confess to uh, to Papa, he's, a, you know, don't let my wife hear this, but he, I've always found the stage fascinating. Don't you think I have a beautiful singing voice?
0: <laughs> singers are, a, He says singers are a dime a dozen, but have you ever heard of anybody being able to do a backflip in the shower? That's because only a few of us can do it. <laughs> Something like that. It's funny. It's one of those things that I, I have to I have to say it here. It's a little bit Monty Python esque. It, you, it's a little bit more fun to reminisce about it than while you're watching it. You're kind of like, huh, interesting. But when you're talking about it, it's actually pretty darn funny.
1: It actually, yeah, it actually is. <laughs> I mean, I, I found it cute while watching it, and I'm finding it hysterical talking about
0: it. I totally agree. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right.
1: Well, while they're in there uh, enjoying themselves. Uh, Phil Davis shows back up. He stops by to see uh, Joe Mahoney. But, of course, Joe has moved out, and he meets Rosalinda instead and is immediately smitten with her.
0: Now, i got to admit, I like Rosalinda. I don't have a problem with her. You say Rosalinda, I say Rosalinda, tomato, tomato. But I I like her. I think she's pretty. I think she's sweet. But what is with these guys just falling head over heels for her? She is not Mae West.
1: No. uh, Yeah, she's not. The, the 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 ship the, the face that launched a thousand ships or anything. Uh, she's just very sweet. I, sh- I think she's sweet and she's attractive. Uh, I, I was actually taken, kind of taken by her shoulders. She was wearing kind of an off-the-shoulder dress, and I, I don't see. know. I, I think she has very attractive shoulders. But
0: <laughs> no, I you know what? I just that. legs, shoulders, hair. I I get that. So, uh, but no, she does. She meets Phil, and Phil is immediately taken with her. And in in the fruit basket that he's got for Joe Mahoney. Just automatically goes to the Almondolas, which I, I think is another funny bit. I mean, you just see that these people go from being completely down and out to all of a sudden everything is going in their favor.
1: Yeah, just just right handed to them. So yeah, Papa comes down and introduces himself, finds out that uh, this guy is oh wait the the, the talent agent, you know, and uh, uh, tries to show off some of his juggling skills. <laughs> So he gets, he grabs five walnuts out of the basket. and He starts doing a little juggling act with them. Well, at this point, you know, Rupert has been you know kind of uh, absent. Decides to show back up.
0: Yeah, we we mentioned that this is the movie about a squirrel that you don't see much. Exactly. <laughs> very true. But he does show
1: up here. Exactly. So as he's uh, tossing the walnuts, the walnuts are passing by in front of Rupert's head. He's up on like uh, on one of the beams over That's on the, a, in the on ceiling. A rafter. A rafter. Thank you. It reaches out and grabs one just as. Uh, Uh, Papa finishes up his act, and he catches four, and then the fifth uh, one—where'd it go?
0: Doesn't come back down, and they all say, "How did you do that?" That Oh, that's really—that's really really great. Yeah. It's a—it's a
1: secret. Yeah. But Do it again, Papa. Well, you know, I never repeat myself. (laughs) (laughs) I can't figure out how five go up, but only four come down.
0: Money comes down and nuts go up. This is the other <laughs> way around, though, right? It's he says. Yeah. <laughs> better than the nuts coming down and the money going up.
1: <laughs> right. Well, before Phil leaves, Pete comes in and immediately takes a dislike to Mr. Davis. Uh, well,
0: yeah. he's yeah.
1: a <laughs> Oh, yeah. Davis is, is he kind of sees right through Davis. I mean, honestly. He's
0: kind of a floozy at the beginning, which we didn't mention, but, you know, he's a, he's a talent agent, but he's, He's a—he's too slick.
1: You know,
4: a girl with your looks and figures should be in the limelight. And I'm just the man who can put you there. Said he as a twirl his black mustache and I deprived beauty. Who's he?
5: Please. You were saying, Mr. Davis.
4: Well, a girl like you should have a decent place to live. Not a dump like this.
5: What's good enough for my mother and father is...
4: It's hardly good enough for a raving beauty like you. And Mr. Davis Please. here is just... Well, the coffee's ready. It's getting cold, and so is a cake.
5: I'm sorry, but Mr. Davis is a very important Broadway agent. A
4: Broadway chiseler. I beg your pardon. What was that? Oh, I know the type. Promises young girls expensive clothes, diamonds, furs, anything to make an impression.
3: He didn't say those things. You did.
1: Well, he was going to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, he was.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was. Beaten to the punch.
1: Yep. Ah, uh, Rosalinda does go out with uh Chinese with Mr. Davis. He asked her out to dinner. That was a, uh, a just a cute, uh, like sort of. Um Young daughter scene with a uh, with her dad. Hey, can I go out with Mister Davis? Uh, I better ask your mom.
0: Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I love it. Later on, I guess it's Christmas Eve, and he can't go to sleep. Rosalind is not home yet, or I guess mom can't. Mama can't go to sleep. She's Rosalind is not home yet, and he says nothing can happen to her. She's not alone. She's with a man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. I cracked up so much when I heard it. I thought, oh. Simple, simple people.
1: <laughs> that is when she's in the most danger. <laughs> <laughs> well, they come home, and I think this is Christmas night is when they're when all this happens. And as they uh, they come home, Davis is of course trying to he's laying it on thick with her, but all she does manage to do is try is to get him to to see uh, Pete Dingle's uh, composition and tries to see if he would uh, take it to somebody to to get it
0: published. And he says- Who's Peter Dingle? And she goes, oh, oh, well, you know, I I knew nobody would listen to it if they knew a girl wrote it. So it's my pen name. (laughs) And you got to like her for this. Again, this is a girl that you can tell she really likes Pete, you know, and and so it's funny. You expect her to really get used by Phil Davis. But, you know, this is the moment where you kind of go, wait a minute. You know, as soon as he accepts it, then she's out of the car and she's moving on. And uh, she's a little sharper than you think she is at first.
1: Oh I think this is some of the uh you know the the um
0: she's guileless
1: isn't No it? no no I I think this is growing up in the show business kind of mm-hmm. you no, know exactly you, you have she's to be guileless.
0: quick yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. She she's like her dad. She exactly. knows how to, and I and you see this at the beginning too, when they're first moving in and you know, he's he's talking to Pete and, said, and Pete says, Oh, it's just thirty two dollars and she like distracts him. And you see her. Yeah, really it becomes a two person act. It. Mm-hmm. it really does, and, and it's kinda of one of those things where the first time I watched it I didn't catch it. I was like, Oh, she's just you know, she thinks he's cute. She just talked to him. The second time you really get that every time her dad starts to get stuck, she jumps in there. So, this is a girl that, even though she's very sweet and pretty, she really does know what's going on.
1: Well, Pete's jealousy over Mr. Davis and his ability to actually uh, give Rosalinda things he can't inspires him to get a job.
0: What a horrible he, man to get a job. Yeah, I know. for Pete. Thank you. I, I love
1: that he it. he runs out at like midnight Christmas night and oh, runs down to the Jesus. the uh, the drugstore and, and and wakes the guy up.
0: I love it. It's, it. I mean, yes, a little excessive, but so cute that he's like, he is willing to do whatever he has to to be able to get her.
1: Exactly. The uh, The drugstore owner is like, do you want her to start now or can it wait till morning?
0: <laughs> I, just, I just didn't want anybody else to get the job before me. Uh, right. So anyway. I love it. It it, midnight
1: on (laughs) Christmas. So we see Pete at work as a soda jerk. Oh, what
0: a jerk. I couldn't (laughs) help it. It was there. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And we meet meet a friend of his who's going to come in big a little bit later. He's a bit of a schemer. He tries to get him to...
0: Is this not the delivery man that comes in at the beginning and he's talking to Pete and he's like, Yeah, whatever. But, and, and I think this guy comes back in a few times. You kind of don't notice him at first.
1: Yeah. He kind of flips back and forth. He comes in, he's looking like, Oh, he's a, he, he tries to get Pete to go in on him on some, some horse at the track or something like that.
0: Yeah. And, and before it, that I think he's talking to him on the front steps before Pete even meets Rosalinda. He's talking about some deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: again, you kind of just don't notice him. You think it's just introducing Pete, but you also meet this other guy, but yeah, he's always got something going on.
1: Yeah. And it comes very really important, uh, a little bit later on. Well, I think right about now we find out that Papa has either spent or has given away the last of the fifteen hundred dollars from the week.
0: He had five hundred. Mama had one hundred. Mama sent her hundred off to Chicago to pay the bills that they still owed. Right. And Papa was talking to that nice Mister So and So that owns the shop down the road, and he right. doesn't get a loan, but he's having hard times. And so Papa decided, you know, and, and Mama says, oh, no, you didn't give him the whole 500. And they are right back to where they were a week before when they had not a penny to their name.
1: Yep. they've Except they now they have um they have some nicer digs and they have a, a, a bearskin rug that's also a radio. <laughs> that's
0: a radio also. <laughs> that cracks me up. I love it. This is the part where they're talking to Mama. Now, what did you do? Maybe it'll work again. And this is, a, right. I think, I think this is the scene that really won me over for mama because she says, well, I just sat in that old rocking chair and I just, I just was saying, you know, Rosalind needs shoes and then the money came down and they say, try it again, try it again. Maybe it'll work again. And so they coerce her, you know, it, it, Rosalind and Papa coerced mama into sitting in the chair and, and saying, you know, Mom. Rosalinda needs shoes, and they all like look up expectantly. And I think they have her say it a few times at this point. Is that right?
1: Mm, just a, just a couple times, and they go, "Ah, uh, well, you know." She comes
0: in later, and they love it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but there's a part where say it again, Mama. Just one more time. Just one more time. And she says. Rosalinda shoes. <laughs> <laughs> she can't even say it. But at this point, she says it a few times, and they say, oh, well, we guess it's not going to work after all. And yeah. uh, they get up, and they walk out, and she, and she moves the chair back, and she, sits there and she says, I'm sorry for lying, Lord. Rosalinda doesn't need shoes. And that's when the money comes down.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it, it was. when she tells the truth. It happens.
1: Yep, absolutely. <laughs> terribly, terribly sweet. So good. Um, and I kind of want to just kind of leave it there. I
0: think that's the perfect part to stop. Yeah, that.
1: To go any further, you really would then have to go all the way.
0: I agree. This is and this is another movie. It's so funny. We we start talking about these movies, and I have I have a rating in my head. And then as we talk about them, inevitably that rating. It changes, goes up. doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it's one of those where, again, you know, it's a little. I think any film, I I would bet, let me put it this way, I would speculate that any film becomes better the more you talk about it. So yeah, so this is definitely one of those that it. it well, any
1: any good film gets better, I think, as you, t- <laughs> if you talk. And about any
0: it. bad film gets worse. Exactly. Whatever it is, it becomes. <laughs> they say that about alcohol. Whatever you are, it makes you more of what you are. And that's true of talking about movies. Whatever it is, it makes it more of that. So in this case, it makes it sweeter and cuter. It's not by any stretch of the imagination a great film, but it is a cute movie. And, uh, and the the end of this movie is just as sweet. I, I you know, I say it a lot. I, I probably don't say it a lot on Orphan Entertainment, but I say it a lot, you know, in my personal life. If I want to watch something depressing, I'll watch the news. I love to watch movies. To for you know to feel happy to see something happy and this is a this is a good movie for that you get to the end of it and you're like yeah all right everybody got what they really needed to and nobody was mistreated and yeah yeah I, yeah, I, I will
1: say that. that I don't I don't <laughs> think it'd be spoiling too much to know I mean, certainly for this kind of film it is a happy ending for all involved everyone that you see pretty much gets. What they wanted in their lives.
0: I love the end. I mean, it comes back in the end, it comes back around to Joe Mahoney. I won't spill too much, but I do love the end. <laughs> I think, mean, you know, everybody gets what they deserve. Whatever they worked hard for, they get a keep, and whatever they didn't work hard for,
2: maybe yeah. they get it anyway.
1: <laughs> no, it was a very sweet film. I'm, I'm very glad. I mean, it is a film that I don't know if I would have watched otherwise maybe being the george powell with uh you know the the animated squirrel i might have i might have looked on some clips on youtube i don't know if i would have watched the entire film
0: honestly i don't think i would have but having done so i think you know what it's it's funny if you were uh, i'm speculating here if you were to watch it's a wonderful life without really connecting it to christmas and all of that you might look at it especially these days you might look at it and be like ah it's kind of crappy movie but having seen the whole thing and knowing really kind of what the end is it's worth watching the whole thing you know you (laughs) that maybe isn't the best comparison but i think you know knowing what the end is it's worth seeing the whole thing
1: yeah, I, I think this is a film that I, like I said, I don't know if I would have watched, if not to discuss it here on the podcast, but now that I've seen it, I, I, I'd probably go back and watch it again.
0: I Well, and I watched it twice, and it's not it's not one of those where if I if I saw it on TV, I'd be like, oh, hey, let's keep watching this, because this was a cute movie, I liked it. You know, it's not one of those where I'd be like, oh, time to turn it off, because I hated this <laughs>
1: right, exactly. Or maybe if, it was, if you caught it on TV, if it came on the TV, it was on Turner Classics or something like that, you might stick around like, oh, wait, there's this scene coming up. You know, Especially if someone's with you. Oh, watch this. This is funny. This is cute.
0: You, you know what? And you'd be like, oh, this next scene is great. And then you just keep watching it. And then at the end, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> yay! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, I, I would say if we were going strictly on a thumbs-up, thumbs-down basis, this, this would get a thumbs-up from me. Bearing in mind, it's a little bit rough in the production side it's simple it's shot more like a play than it is like a movie but Mm -hmm. the characters in it are you know there's nobody in the movie that you don't want to see again everybody that's in it you're kind of like i mean you know you could argue for expanding the character of it but it it's not one of those movies where you watch it and then you go oh i wish i hadn't spent my time doing that you know i i watched it twice like i said and Granted, it was for professional, semi-professional reasons, but I don't
1: respect my time. <laughs> nope, absolutely not. So do you want to go ahead and rate it
0: then? No, I want to hear yours. Okay, all right. Well,
1: <laughs> just like you were saying, where you have a rating in mind, and then you start talking about it, and you find it kind of climbs a little bit, I was probably going to give this one a three. I may actually want to give it a four after talking it over. All right. Um,
0: I can see that
1: yeah I'll, I'll tell you what i'll I'll split the difference and I'll go a three and a half <laughs> all
0: right well that said I was solid on a two and a half um which is kind of funny but mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I again I have to go back to the production values aren't groundbreaking the the sets aren't groundbreaking there's nothing in this movie that is just you know, shocking and awe inspiring, but at the same time, it's incredibly sweet. So I couldn't go with a two because two is kind of uh, a little bit
2: nah. Right.
0: But but I think that, you know, upon talking to it, I would go with a solid three. All right. It's a little bit better than, you know, half. But um, again, a movie that I would definitely recommend, especially if you like happy movies. If you want exactly. to watch a movie and be depressed, watch Don Quixote. But if you want to watch <laughs> a movie and at the end of it you want to feel like, yeah, okay, cool, I'm happy with that, this is, this is a good one to watch, I think.
1: Well, I think a little bit of mine, too, is I just I – enjoy, I enjoy watching the actors that come out of the vaudeville mm-hmm. and the um, – you know, that, out of that kind of environment, when they go to film, you know, I, I, as you know, I'm a big fan of like Abbott and Costello.
0: Sure, you are, and that might, and that might have a lot of influence.
1: Right, and that, and that's same with the Jimmy Duran. I mean, he starts out he's he's a he musician, and then he he does radio, and then he 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 goes into film, and I just I. I just love that kind of comedy.
3: Yeah. It's
1: just a it's a it's a it's a clean comedy. <laughs> it's a fun comedy. It is. It's it's typically not ever an offensive comedy.
0: See, and I go a little more for the kind of the more elevated, a little bit more intellectual. So my favorite movie from this era is always gonna be The Lady Eve. The dialogue in it is just Dynamite. I mean, you can't get over the every single line in it is loaded, you know. And so, when you're comparing something like this to the Lady Eve, for example, you still have a bit of the slapstick, you still have the great characters, but the dialogue is just, you know, a whole different magnitude. So, that's probably why I'm giving it a little bit lower rating, not because it's not a good movie, but because the comparison that I'm making is going to be a much more, kind of elevated, a little bit more intellectual type of humor as opposed to that Bonvillian type. All
1: right. Very good. And like I said, hopefully we'll get Barry to chime in. He'll he'll give us his rating (laughs) and and write a little brief, uh, his opinion on the film Mm -hmm. uh, after we get it posted.
0: Yeah. And we've got a three and three quarter rating on this movie. So definitely worth watching.
1: Absolutely. Sorry.
0: Three and a quarter. My bad. Bad math. Bad Lydia. Bad math. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <That's gross. laughs>
1: well i guess before we go unfortunately because of our technical issues uh we will not have this out before christmas oh but yeah so, and, and
0: it's worth noting that today is the 23rd <laughs> yeah. it is,
1: it is so, the eve of christmas eve it
0: is the day before christmas eve so <laughs> a little bit yeah short notice
1: but I do. Uh, I hope all our listeners had a fantastic holiday. Uh, you know, whether it be Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, all of it ends about now, I think so, <laughs> or, or will have done, or will have done by the time this the, this podcast airs. So I hope you had a fantastic uh, holiday, whatever it was, and certainly, you know, the greatest gift you can give us is to continue to listen.
0: Yes, <laughs> we don't ask for money. We just want you to listen and rate it.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I can say it will be out. Have a fantastic New Year, everybody. It will be out before the New Year's. Have a safe and joyous New Year's. Here we come up into 2015. Oh. I think we, have, um, we haven't we have discussed it in great detail, but I think we have some fun stuff in store for next year. So I hope you will come back and join us. We're
0: going to be there. We're going to have fun, Christopher.
1: Oh, well, I was thinking the same thing about you, Lydia.
0: <laughs> well, if I have a bottle of wine next to me, it'll be fun. Wow, that makes <laughs> me sound like a lush. <laughs> no, no. You know, as long as it's not an empty bottle, I'm good.
2: Yep, there yeah, you but, go.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, as long as I don't drink the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. It's making it sound worse and worse. I'm just going to stop. <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. Good idea. Good idea. All right, everyone. Well, as I said, thank you for listening. I hope you continue to download episodes of Orphan Entertainment. Of course, you can do that through our homepage at orphanentertainment.janja.net. You can do it by subscribing through iTunes, where you can give us a rating and leave a comment, which we always appreciate it. And like we said, that is the greatest gift you can give us. And of course, uh, you can listen anytime, anywhere on Stitcher Radio. And please come by and join our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash group slash Orphan Entertainment. We
0: will reply
1: to your comments. We will reply. You post something, we will talk to you.
0: Absolutely. We are not snobs. Well, we're movie snobs, but we're not people snobs.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't even know if I'd consider myself a movie snob. I am.
0: I'm a horrible movie snob. (laughs) (laughs) At least I'm honest about it.
1: (laughs) At least you're honest. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you very much. And uh, from Barry, a happy holiday to you. Uh, And I I guess that's it. Thanks again, Lydia.
0: Thanks, Christopher. Have a great day. (laughs) Night!
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You too. And if I don't talk to you, have a fantastic New Year yourself.
0: Well, Merry Christmas. Those noises yeah. they make, they're adorable.
1: They are adorable. Yeah, they go like,
0: That's my <laughs> squirrel noise. <laughs> go listen to them someday. They're great.
1: <laughs> I may cut that out and put that at the end.
0: <laughs> it's our outtake. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> totally the noise they make. It's <laughs> so weird. I seriously was outside talking to a squirrel for like three minutes one day like Jack was something in the truck. I was like Arr! and the squirrel's like hey, hey, hey. and I was like
1: right. Come back inside, Lydia. Come back inside. <laughs>
0: Sorry, okay, leaving the squirrel behind. Yeah. <laughs> They're so cute, though. No? <laughs>